Hello, welcome to another season of Life After Advertising. I'm your host, Janice Tan. This series features iconic individuals in the advertising and marketing space who shifted gears and took on a different career path. The first season featured industry players including Linda Locke, Matthew Godfrey, Anne Ridwan, and Jeffrey Sia. This season, we will hear from another group of individuals who have carved out a niche for themselves after stepping away from the advertising and marketing industry. Today's episode features Geoff Tan, Chief Ideas Officer at B2B property management platform Really Singapore. Before taking on this role last November, Tan spent 34 years with Singapore Press Holdings, helming roles including Ad Director, Head of Strategic Marketing, and MD Luxury and Custom Publishing. Tan was also Head of Content Marketing at Sweet, the content marketing arm of SPH. Prior to this, Tan also spent about five years in the ad land. Interestingly, his entry into the ad world was an accidental one. Tan shares what it was like when he first stepped into advertising, his favorite portfolio at SPH, and what made him join the property scene. Hi, Geoff. Thank you so much for speaking with us today on our Life After Advertising podcast series. Before we start, could you share a bit about yourself and what you do? Currently, I'm the uh, Chief Ideas Officer at a company called Really Singapore. We're a, a prop tech uh, startup uh, that uh, works on what we call a software as a service proposition. That we help property managers uh, across the board um, automate their uh, processes and also in the, in the, at the same time uh, save on cost as well through efficiencies uh, that, that can be uh, generated through the software. What drew you to this role at Really Singapore? Oh, okay. So I left uh, Singapore Press Holdings after a 34-year um, tenure uh, across multiple portfolios. I think uh, some of the stories have been covered by Marketing Interactive in the past. Uh, and after I left uh, on July the 10th, I still remember that last year. And uh, it was uh, a time of uh, reflection as to what uh, I could be doing. Uh, post uh, SPH, um, and in that period of a few months, uh, post uh, leaving uh, SPH, uh, I was approached by three companies uh, to consider uh, taking up a relationship with them. Uh, but I felt that uh, two out of the three companies were basically uh, wanting to take from me in terms of uh, either the experiences that I've gone through or the uh, partners that I. Uh, I'm familiar with uh, in terms of tapping me for uh, business development, uh, kind of like opening up new business uh, relationships for them. But there was only one company, which is the current company, Really Singapore, that uh, offered me a proposition where I could basically give and I could also take uh, in a way. Give as in like uh, based on uh, uh, my experiences and also take from them and learn from them from the fact that uh, They were also in the areas that I was not as familiar with in terms of foraging into uh, artificial intelligence, smart tech, uh, et cetera, et cetera, which I felt that uh, was uh, an area that I could actually uh, benefit from in terms of uh, um, learnings uh, post uh, my career in the media publishing business. Why did you choose to enter the real estate industry instead of, say, you know, maybe the ride-hailing industry or even the e-commerce industry, for example? I've always been a champion of the adage 
uh, don't just think out of the box, burn the damn box. And I just wanted to <laughs> repeat that again. Don't, mm-hmm. don't just think out, out of the box, burn the damn box. But the very reason is that if you think out of the box and the box is still in view and you hit some roadblocks, it could be management decisions, for example. It could be uh, cumbersome sort of infrastructures, for example. And then you look behind and, 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 and think that, you know, if this thing is not going through, and after a few of these knockbacks, I can uh, quietly climb back into the box and just exist in SPH uh, and still uh, get paid for what you do uh, without ever reinventing anything new uh, ever again. So my process of sharing this with my staff and obviously enthusing myself with this adage is the fact that uh, if I uh, adopt the mentality of uh, taking that risk and burning the box and leaving that behind me without a security blanket to climb back into, then, you know, even if you hit a roadblock and things don't go well, you just have to look for new opportunities and not go back to the old algorithm of sorts. So when I was approached with, uh, with this proposition, I, I, firstly, I, never, I, I, I knew it was uh, promoting uh, property technology, and I knew that uh, this was uh, the way it was structured, but I never thought of the fact that this could uh, always remain as it is. You know, mm. because as a startup would be, and you know how startups are, you know, uh, startups are uh, always iterating and always augmenting themselves, you know, and, and there's no stopping them uh, seeing opportunities in other areas or finding some insights uh, down the road somewhere and then pivoting to that insight, to those insights to be able to uh, fine tune the mm-hmm. way the product is being propositioned. So I, I, I learned that uh, during my stint at SPH when I was mentoring uh, the startup companies in the SPH Plug and Play Accelerator program, mm. which we actually worked with uh, Silicon Valley's Plug and Play uh, and, and I think the uh, authorities here in Singapore. So, so when, we, when I was mentoring, uh, I think there were 16 companies across two trenches. Uh, I had a lot of opportunities to be able to sit with the startup entrepreneurs themselves over at One North to be able to then see how they themselves iterate and change their propositions to suit uh, the insights they've gotten either through research or through uh, uh, other kind of uh, uh, insights that they got from the ground to be able to pivot to uh, business models that actually resonated uh, with the journey forward. So I've taken that in my learnings as well into this new company. And I also know that this new company, as I joined them, the propositions will never always be the same. We, we are actually looking at iterations uh, on, on a daily basis in terms of tweaking the uh, formula that we are applying to be able to service uh, the um, requirements of the market. So basically, it's from the user back into our product rather than from our product out to them. So it's very much a UI, UX uh, kind of uh, way of working that we are adopting ourselves, adapting ourselves to where we actually find out what the pain points of the market are and then working backwards to see whether we can deliver propositions to address those pain points and to be able to accord uh, the highest level of usability in the, in the product that we market. Mm, okay, so what are some of the experiences you learned during your time in the media and advertising field that you think are applicable to your current role? I obviously started, if it's 34 years ago, I started in the analog for the traditional media uh, era uh, after spending, I think, three, uh, 
appointments uh, at advertising agencies. I joined the Singapore Press Holdings Group. At the point in time, it was called the Straits Times Press, 1975 Limited. Uh, and that was when I started uh, to get my feet wet in the media business in terms of ad sales. And having gone through that whole uh, cycle of learning how to sell uh, traditional print advertising, uh, went on to hit quite a few uh, newspaper uh, structures, including uh, the launch of the new paper, um, which is currently still in, uh, in, in circulation. Uh, and then went on to do uh, other areas of uh, responsibilities across the SPH group, inclu including business development, strategic marketing, uh, heading the magazines, uh, one of the magazine's portfolios, uh, to also uh, uh, forage into digital, into research and information. Uh, and um, before I left SPH uh, in last year, I was head of uh, the content marketing arm called Suite. Uh, so uh, across all these different portfolios, I obviously had acquired a range of experiences <clears throat> uh, that uh, would augur me in terms of uh, going forward to be able to contribute uh, further in this area of business I'm currently in. You talked about sweet, and I was actually going to ask you about that. You had meant to retire about two to three years ago. What made you stay in SPH, that is? Well, I was a point in time where they felt that uh, they wanted someone to head the uh, magazine's business because I'm, because magazines, as uh, you would know, is a fully owned subsidiary of the Singapore Press Holdings Limited Group. And I was always in the mainstay public listed company side. And when this uh, opportunity arose through uh, an approach that was made by the then CEO of SPH Magazines, Mr. Lo Yu Singh, I considered it very carefully because he needed someone to hit the uh, what they call the the uh, premium magazine category, which basically had uh, two main titles, which was the Peak Magazine and the Icon Magazine. And I thought that was an interesting opportunity for me to be able to then hop on uh, to run the entire PNL for that uh, particular business. Uh, because in, in the SPH Limited Group, uh, there was little opportunity to do that because uh, the organization was, was big enough for us to be focusing on uh, particular areas of deliverables in terms of more verticals. Uh, whereas in the magazine business, because it was a small entity, uh, you were able to get uh, your feet wet across uh, multiple areas of running that particular title. So I thought that was a uh, interesting area of business where I could actually inject the ideas and the um, uh, new ways of thinking uh, back into the magazine business to kind of turn it around to demonstrate how uh, the magazine business could actually forage into uh, new areas of uh, uh, revenue streaming, uh, new areas of uh, events, etc., etc. Geoff, you were previously SVP of SPH's marketing division, am I right? Yes. Print was all the rage last time, but the focus eventually shifted to digital. So in that role, did you find it hard to adapt, especially in the area of marketing? Um, actually, no, you know, actually it was mm. actually quite quite seamless in the way that uh, based on the experiences that I had uh, acquired uh, over the many portfolios in the SPH Limited group, I could actually bring everything into one area of focus uh, in terms of contributing uh, whatever I had learned in the past prior to joining SPH magazines uh, to benefit the magazine business. Because I had the relationships that I had created with uh, major clientele. I had the experiences in sales and marketing, which I 
had acquired during my stint at the current company. And I had the opportunities to look at uh, P&L as well in terms of looking at profitability, uh, business modeling, uh, even into uh, research that determines a certain uh, validation of the strategies we were employing in the magazine business going forward so that we could then not just rely on uh, a single stream of revenue in terms of advertising, but we were looking into more areas of revenue generation across events and sponsorships, etc. Which one is your favorite portfolio, Geoff? I mean, you did so many things. So is there a favorite of yours? Well, I kind of like enjoy, I always enjoy the portfolio that I'm in at that particular point in time. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I was in sales, I just reveled in uh, the ability to, to meet new uh, customers, to be able to stand in front of uh, the clients to present uh, uh, my sales uh, proposition, to be able to close the deal and to uh, uh, convert, you know, for revenues. In marketing, I was like, enjoyed the events management part of it, driving sponsorship revenues part of it, uh, in research, information, uh, business sort of uh, modeling, for example. But in the magazines, I loved it because I was uh, creating new opportunities for us to uh, inject more engagement value uh, with our customers through uh, a lot of the new uh, events that uh, we managed to birth. So actually, at different points of my career, I try and make the best of it. And I feel that, you know, I, I, I enjoyed every aspect of my career at SPH mm. uh, in terms of its work, in terms of, the, of its work. I mean, I, I don't necessarily enjoy every part of uh, working in an organization because there will be obviously parts of uh, the organization in terms of the working processes and all that that you probably feel that it's not as, uh, as, as uh, aligned as you want it to be. But I think that happens in every organization anyway. So, so uh, it was no different to me. I would like to go back to when you first joined the ad industry after graduating. Did you know what you were getting into? What was your impression of the ad industry? And was it the same when you joined? Actually, I was in for a good surprise. You know, in the sense that basically uh, it was it delivered a lot more than what I thought it would deliver, because then uh, then I was uh, given the opportunity to learn from the best of practitioners. Then uh, my Australian bosses then were were great mentors, and quickly I learned to uh, to to be able to uh, develop uh, strategic proposals. Uh, I was pushed to stand in front of the boardroom to pre- present to senior management at the, the, the client side. I was asked to develop decks. Uh, I was uh, able to uh, work with the, the media directors to plan media programs and schedule. And also I was baptized into fire by working with uh, award-winning creative directors that, you know, that came from the likes of the US and uh, Australia uh, to be able to uh, get myself fully immersed into the best. I mean, I'm not sure if I had joined a local advertising agency, whether that would have happened, but I happened to have to join a, a global company. And that really gave me a, a, a very pleasant upside to understanding the advertising business from day one. So you said you joined advertising by accident, right? What was the happy accident that landed you in the ad world? When I graduated, uh, I, my, first, my first want was actually to join a market research company. Mm. And at that point in time, um, I, was, I was really into wanting to get into qualitative and quantitative research. 
and I had applied to a company at that point in time called Survey Research Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and when I, when I uh, got in my first interview with them, the first thing they asked me whether was whether I could, uh, I could do uh, qualitative interviews in Chinese. <laughs> and because I had been away for the longest time, and my Chinese and Mandarin was not, uh, not the best, uh, I was not given the opportunity uh, because that particular role that they had available was uh, more a qualitative researcher uh, that was supposed to have conducted focus groups in, in Mandarin. Mm. And because I lost out, the next best uh, position I could find was an account executive position in uh, Meridian Advertising, which is where I started my career. I see. Interesting. Yes. So if you could turn back time, is there anything you would like to change about your career? You know, maybe leaving SPH halfway through to join a market research company, for example? Well, probably not. I mean, hindsight obviously is your best teacher, right? Mm-hmm. But, obviously, but probably not. But the fact is that as, a, as opposed to friends of mine who had joined the same time as me and left the same time as me, uh, a lot of them were, a lot of them came in to do ad sales, and a lot of them left 30 years after still doing mm. ad sales. Whereas I had the opportunity over that 34-year um, career with SPH to have done seven, eight different portfolios. So the exposure in one company across many disciplines was something that I valued because obviously, uh, firstly, the opportunities had to come by and, and I was fortunate to be given those opportunities. And uh, to be able to grasp them and be able to uh, contribute, you know, to them and for the purpose of uh, the business at that particular point in time of my career. So I was, I was very fortunate to be able to uh, learn across seven, eight different uh, portfolios from sales to marketing to strategic planning, through to uh, digital, through content marketing, through magazines, through business development. Uh, I even did small projects with... Uh, uh, Singtel at the point in time where we launched the early stages of a product called Teleview, which was mm. a competitor to Teletext, and also was also involved in a company that uh, that uh, we partner up with to do what we call a color color code technology, which was the early days before uh, QR codes came along. So those were the learning experiences that were invaluable. Uh, to my experiences now. What type of skills can you take away from the ad industry that makes one versatile? Oh, I think in the ad industry, I mean, you're multidisciplined. I mean, uh, as, as you have it be, right? I think the practitioner in the ad industry uh, right now, I mean, and across the period of the history of advertising, uh, actually uh, had the ability to acquire skills uh, across uh, the entire scope of uh, uh, skill sets that are required to be an, an excellent uh, ad practitioner. Uh, in, in, in today's uh, context. I think, uh, obviously, in the, in, in the old days, um, uh, advertising was a lot more compartmentalized in the area of uh, whether you specialize in the area of media planning or whether in the area of account servicing mm-hmm. or in the area of crea- creative uh, uh, creativity. But then, uh, but then the, the new algorithms along the way, you know, had, it's, it's very much like fashion. You know, the fashion started uh, many years ago uh, say with bell bottoms and bell bottoms came back down the road. It's the same way as advertising. We started with uh, very compartmentalized specialties, uh, kind of like structured agencies, and then it went into a more integrated kind of agency. And then over the last 10 years or more, it then 
uh, split back again into specialized arms where you get media specialist agencies and creative hothouses, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's kind of like cyclical, I, I feel, in nature. But in the light of learning across all these cycles, people acquired skills across many disciplines. So a lot of my friends in companies right now, although they are focused on one area of deliverable, they are also very familiar, be able to put a value judgment into the other, other areas. That's why clients uh, who have, have been in the agency or gone through an agency business before and are now serviced by agencies uh, are, are better off in terms of how they can, uh, they can work together a lot close, closer with the agencies to be able to uh, deliver a very uh, strong proposition for their brand. Whereas in the past, basically, uh, everything that it, the agency said was like, uh, like truth be told, you know. Uh, mm. Because they, they didn't know any better. We have experienced um, many different global issues during your career, right? Like there's SARS and then there's also the 2008 financial crisis and now there's COVID. So which would you say was a more defining moment for you and your career and why? I think each, uh, each arena of uh, a major happening uh, in the history of times is always a learning curve in itself. You know, if it's, it's, if it's more a, uh, a recession, uh, that we went through. Obviously, uh, we had to adapt uh, the way that we sell to our advertisers uh, 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 in, in the light of uh, the dynamics that were happening at that point in time. For example, during a recession, uh, one, key, one uh, clear learning was the fact that advertisers were uh, less interested in building brand and more interested in selling products, mm. you know, uh, as opposed to, say, um, a more positive uh, uh, part of uh, history where the economy was, was good or is good so uh, if that be the case then we had to adapt the way that we sell to say that we are able to move boxes and move products for customers through a certain strategy of ad placement uh, ad curation that could deliver uh, top line for them through COVID is the same I think through COVID when advertising revenues fell uh, off the cliff I think SPH and, and I think major media across the board had to restrike the way that it markets to its clients to say that even Though that the crisis had people being locked down or being uh, confined, so not being able to visit uh, brick and mortar stores uh, all too often, uh, be able to re uh, reconfigure them to encourage them to go more digital, for example, to help them, you know, build their website for e-commerce, and to be able to then get advertising generating uh, through those uh, different uh, portals of uh, where business can actually be conducted. Now it's going to be a lot different as well because when people start to learn to work from home, if that be the case, uh, you would almost see that you know uh, meetings in the offices would be a, a, a thing of the past. You know where uh, people are conducting business meetings over Zoom or Teams mm -hmm. or Skype uh, will be the order of the day. And the new normal is is not a, a one-off. I mean, a new normal uh, will be here to stay in some form or manner. Uh, because of the fact that the virus and the learning of how we actually uh, orientate ourselves through the pandemic uh, will be uh, important enough for us to uh, learn to still conduct business even uh, during a crisis. Well, Geoff, I have one last question for you. It's the billion-dollar question that we ask everybody on this series. Would yeah. you ever return to advertising and why or why not? Well, I don't think I'm, I'm ever out of advertising. Mm. I like to say that because uh, in the really Singapore proposition, uh, we have 
screens, uh, ele electronic screens, actually uh, situated at uh, uh, con condominium projects uh, across Singapore. We have recently uh, tied up a partnership with Zexis and, and Group M mm -hmm. uh, to, to actually uh, champion the cause of these screens. Because these screens, we feel, and COVID has actually accelerated the, the traffic across viewability of these screens because people are working more from their homes rather than from the offices, that uh, the condos that actually have our electronic screens that actually front their condo notices uh, are able to also uh, take in the advertising propositions that are alongside the screen. Mm. So I think, I mean, advertising has always been in my blood and I don't think advertising will ever leave my blood because currently even in this proposition, which is a more uh, software proposition, and I'm still, I'm still looking into uh, how uh, connectivity with customers of choice can be enhanced, you know. And mm. very soon, when we when they in, when we introduce our app, for example, that help uh, condo residents uh, book their facilities and communicate among themselves, that particular mobile screen will be another opportunity of media, and at some point in time, advertising. Yeah, and admin, yeah. I think, is always an admin at heart. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Life After Advertising. To stay on top of trends, learn to reskill and upskill your capabilities, and grow your professional network, head over to www.marketing-interactive.com. Subscribe to our Telegram channel too at Marketing-Interactive. See you there.